There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and today we'll be discussing episode five of season one of Sir Real Estate. Hey. This was an emotional episode. Oh my gosh, I was not expecting this. Right. Especially not with the way it opened. Right. (laughs) Totally different way than I thought. And then there was a little bit in there where I was like, oh, is this like demon? What is this? Right. But interesting. That's what I'm going to say. Yes, absolutely interesting. And this episode is the first of a few episodes that are going to be directed by Melanie Scarafano. Really? I did not realize that. Yeah. All right. And in case you didn't know, yes, that was Winona Earp. And so we were super excited to have her on the show and then knowing that she's behind the camera now, even better. Yeah, there was two scenes that I was really impressed with. Here, the the opening scene and then one of the scenes with Phil cutting back and forth between the two. And it seemed like it wasn't a rough cut. It seemed to be very fluid in the way they did it. So hats off to Melanie for that. That's for sure. Yeah, I agree because there was so much so much emotion just all around. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's jump into episode five, Ghost Child. When a rap star rents a client's recording studio, a tragic secret is revealed in the playback, which that just sounds super creepy and oh, makes yeah. you think it's going a whole nother way. Yes. <laughs> but we have 19th Broadmoor Avenue, the Cortona House. Cortona? I think that's how Father Phil says right, it at one point. Yeah. He's emphasize the R, Cortonia, <laughs> or something like that. Yes, very rolly. <laughs> yes, he definitely rolled the R's. In our opening, we had things kind of flipping to what the heck? And, oh, this seems kind of normal. Right. <laughs> so we had the office in the Cortonia house as Luke and Susan deal with the associates of the rap star named Damon, who's fascinated by the house, and Augie and Phil, on the other hand, dealing with, well, apparently the former owner of said house. Yes. (laughs) That was so creepy. But Luke is laying it on like super thick, promoting the hell out of this house. Thankfully, there's not hell in the house, but (laughs) there's always time. And Tessa, who is an associate of the, the rap star, apparently is not buying any of it because she says she's not being paid to be nice and informs everyone that Damon could have afforded a much better place managed by professionals. I'm like, ow. Yeah, hold on here. (laughs) 
Are they not professionals? What is this? You're awful. Snooty lady. Yes, she was. And we also have Zeke, who is Damon's brother, who is handling the engineering aspects of the recording, also there to talk about the home. Right. But after Luke's presentation, Tessa seems to be ready to see the house. Maybe not 100% on board at this point. Right. (laughs) Made me wonder where they even seen it that Damon was like, yeah, let's go there. Right. But this does kind of remind me of a story. They're going off script, guys. Big surprise. I want to say it was the Foo Fighters. I could be completely wrong because over pandemic, there's so many different things that I've seen. But it was a band for sure. But like I said, 99% sure it's Foo Fighters had rented a home to do recording in. Right. And all sorts of weird stuff started happening in in the house. So like they hurried up. It it did light a fire, so to speak, not actual fire, because (laughs) it got them to record the album like super fast. And then they left the house. So they could get out of there. (laughs) Yes, because they were staying in the house kind of like in this episode. Right. So now I'm like, oh, I have to verify if it was Foo Fighters. So if anybody knows, like shoot us a message, because like I said, I'm like 99% sure it was an interview with Dave Grohl and he was talking about it. But I'm like, that is so cool. I wonder if anything was on there. But there's like all of the recording equipment, like things were changed and nobody else was there. Nobody was like in the area to mess with it. Just weird stuff happened. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if somebody else maybe heard this story. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But let's jump back to the house with Augie and Phil. Apparently, they have their hands full with the spirit of the former owner, Russell Vaughn. The third. I love it. You have to add the third. Like, that's supposed to make it better because he was super creepy. Yes, he was. And obviously not a pleasant person. But he just bought the house back in 85. And it wasn't that long ago. And by the looks of him, though, that looked like something out of like 1885 or something. (laughs) Yeah. He ended up leaving the house to his grandniece, whom apparently he never met or didn't know enough to hate as they like to say yes that was it he didn't know her enough to hate her so she's the one who got it (laughs) i feel like he hated everybody so i don't know but augie and phil have apparently found russell who looks like he's covered in some kind of i don't know industrial waste and his eyes were all black it was super creepy yes it was (laughs) They managed to get away from him, which was cracking me up because Augie literally just like goes behind a pillar and is like hiding by the stairs. And Phil hides in a closet. I'm thinking, if this is like a ghost or whatever, shouldn't he be able to just find you? Not not like the door is going to do anything. Right. (laughs) But Russell passes by the closet and is about to go to the stairs where Augie is. But Augie's trying to prepare a device, and it's not exactly super quiet. Nope. I feel like he should have been doing stuff prior to (laughs) him coming up. Because you see, at least on Phil, there's some of the black ooze already on him. Right. Didn't notice any on Augie, though. I didn't either. So, looks like Phil had some... uh, (laughs) Phil gets all the physical aspects of it. (laughs) Yes, apparently. And just as the ghoul is about to find Augie, Phil comes out of the closet and starts yelling. And of course, hey, this causes him to turn around. So Phil runs for the front door. I'm thinking, oh, were you trying to distract him and then leave Augie alone? I mean, what was happening here? (laughs) But the front door was locked, so he ain't going nowhere. Nope. He ends up slipping on some of that black bludge, and our ghoul ends up picking him up off the ground. It's like, well, that is definitely physical contact there, isn't it? Yeah. 
Augie ends up calling out the ghoul by his name, and he tosses the device, but it just clanks off his head. So, well, again, not passing right through him. I'm like, is this like a Scooby-Doo moment? Right. (laughs) You know, it's like going to rip off a mask, and it's really just the guy. Right. (laughs) But suddenly... Pill looks at him, he's like, hmm, nice catch. Yeah. And then the device starts to glow. And just when that happens, the ghoul dematerializes and drops Phil, but his clothes were still there. So I thought that was kind of weird. Right. But I'm like, okay, poor Phil. He was <laughs> up off the the ground by what a good foot i would say oh absolutely with getting choked to death here <laughs> yeah kind of felt bad for him he just had all the goo and augie's like oh i'm fine and next thing we know we have luke and the group touring the house but luke spots some of the goo on the floor and he drops his handkerchief on it as he kind of gives susan a look who then decides to take over the tour of the house it's like well that's good yeah, it's nice to see them have that type of communication where a look and Susan knows what she needs to be doing. Right. Well, I'm kind of wishing we knew what the time frame was from when Susan started here. Right. Just so we know it's like, okay, it's been, say, six months. And they're like, okay, they're in a groove. They know this, this, and this happens. So just be interesting to know. Or if she just really has picked it up that quick. Right. She's like, oh, okay, let's get them out of here just in case. <laughs> yeah. But Luke cleans up the goo and it wasn't liquidy like I thought. No, it was it's sludge. Like, <laughs> not. It just like popped up. So I don't know. It reminds me of like kind of like if you make slime at home. Right. Yes. It's starting (laughs) to dry out. Just popped up like that. Rubber cement or something. But as Luke cleans up the little bit, thankfully it was just a little bit. He looks up and notices a slinky coming down the stairs. And of course, the slinky song is going through my head. Right. (laughs) But I'm thinking, wait a minute. Nobody's supposed to be here. Why is there a slinky coming down? Exactly. (laughs) It gets worse later. (laughs) Right. So. He kind of looks up the stairs. I don't remember if he walked all the way up at this point, but we cut back, though, to Susan and Tessa, who are going back and forth on minor details. And Zeke's like, all right, I'm going to go get the recording equipment. It's like, all right. So uh, apparently the guys aren't too worried about anything, but the ladies are just not quite on the same page yet. Right. Luke calls Augie and Phil to tell them that something's still there. They were almost back at the office. Right. And he's like, I don't know. I felt something like youth and innocence. And you guys need to look into the history because, of course, who owned it previously? The Catholic Diocese. And Phil is like, great. I guess I probably have their number somewhere. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) And when he goes to the diocese, I guess the local, I don't know if it was the church or like the office. Phil's greeted by a familiar face. Sister Mary Ellen. Why are they always Mary Ellen? Yeah. (laughs) I swear I had a Sister Mary Ellen when I was in Catholic grade school, too. Right. (laughs) Apparently, that's just a thing. But they end up trading some barbs about stomping around in the church 24-7. And Phil's like, well, that's what it's for. Oh, no, wait. No, that's what Denny's are for. (laughs) Wow. So snarky. Yeah. Lucky she didn't have a ruler, man. (laughs) Exactly. They argue a bit over Phil being able to see the records of the Cortona house. And Phil is told to let sleeping dogs lie. And the sister just walks away. It's like, what the heck? You know, I I didn't think that was going to go over well. And well, it it went over exactly like I thought. (laughs) So Phil's about to walk off and we get another nun stopping him. Her name is Sister Yasmin. And she calls him 
Father Phil. And he's like, no, 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 not anymore. Yeah. But through their conversation, we discover that Phil quit and not just quit. No, he went out he with quit. style. <laughs> yes, I loved it. He's like, I went full Karen and asked to see the manager, <laughs> which I thought's hilarious. And he quit on Easter Sunday in the middle of a service. Yes. And and I heard you were quite drunk. He's like, well, yes, I was drunk. And I quit because... I was gay and I just did not feel welcome anymore. It's like, wow, okay. I guess that's one way to come out, but yeah, <laughs> that, that was like spectacular that you're like Easter Sunday. If you're basically, if you're religious at all, not just Catholic, right? But Easter Sunday is huge Catholics. But if you're religious, you know that the church is pretty much packed to the gills. Yeah, and you have a lot of people like me who's a keister. Christmas and Easter, basically the only times we attend. So if I seen something like that happen, I'd be like, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> priest is drunk and he's leaving. It's like, all right, time to go to dinner. Yep. Which is always at like one in the afternoon. <laughs> Whatever. I digress. That's weird. But anyway, she does tell him that she thinks she knows why he wants the information and to meet her at 11 o'clock. It's like, ooh, very cloak and dagger. Yes. But Phil wants to know why she's helping. And she's like, well, maybe it's time to wake up some of those sleeping dogs. Made me feel like she knew a whole lot more. Oh, that's Than even what we got. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, what does she know? Yep. We get to go back to the Cortonia house. And Luke is leaving Megan a voicemail about how nice last night was. And he hopes to see her real soon. And I'm like, uh-oh. Well, we skipped what happened, but yes, but he's I think still we awkward know as what all. happened. Hell, yes. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is really awkward, isn't he? Yes, I love it though. Yes, totally different from Doc. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. And as Luke hangs up on the phone, he hears a child's voice and heads upstairs. And when he enters the room, he starts talking, just really soothing. He's like, "Hey." Yeah, I know, but he's gone. So we're assuming he's having like kind of a conversation about the previous ghost. Who right, was absolutely. Evil, telling him, you don't have to worry, that bad guy's gone. And he's like, yeah, cross my heart. And then next thing we know, a toy fire truck comes rolling out. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> Just a little. And Luke bends down and rolls the fire truck back under the bed. But when he looks, there's nothing there. Now, I was really freaking out thinking there was going to be something looking at him. Right. That wasn't nice. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, God, is it going to be something with teeth again? Right. <laughs> big, well, big creepy teeth, not just teeth. <laughs> but next thing we know, we hear a car horn outside and everybody goes out because Damon has arrived. And I think it's funny because as they're starting to walk out, Luke's like, oh, way to go the extra mile for customer service because Zoe's holding a whole platter of donuts. <laughs> I just thought that was cute because she's like had a big old grin on her face. I'm like, oh, what? What? Yeah, absolutely. You okay there, Zoe? Yeah, apparently Damon is her jam because she was all <laughs> up into it this episode. Yes, <laughs> she, I don't think she ever left the <laughs> yeah, house until the have. end. <laughs> When we see Damon get out of the car, he asks Tessa where Zeke is, and she's like, oh, he's down in the studio, and do you want me to show you where it is? And of course, it's like, yeah, but I feel like I lived here all my life. Maybe it was like a past life. And I'm like, huh. Yeah. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah. I was really, nothing came of that sentence, though. No, it really didn't, but it sure piqued your interest, that's for yes. sure. Yes. I was like, ooh, what does this mean? And Damon does 
stop to take a donut from Zoe and he says hi and she's just like ear to ear that huge grin (laughs) (laughs) yeah she fangirled right then and there (laughs) yes she did and that's what we're talking about you always have that moment everybody has a moment oh hell yes We do have Luke staying outside to tell Susan that he thinks we have an opportunity to make ourselves indispensable. And Susan, being the realtor that she is, is like, oh, God, what now? now? (laughs) Well, I think something's still in the house. And she kind of freaked out, like, oh, my God, is it dangerous? It's like, no, I think it just wants to play. Which that doesn't make me feel any better either. Right. (laughs) That sounded kind of creepy. Yeah. You want to play a game? Right. (laughs) (laughs) If I see a tricycle, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) So David goes down to meet Zeke in the studio and he finds a toy soldier in the booth. And Zeke finds one as well. And it's weird because as this is playing out, you keep seeing like one more soldier here and there. It's like, what is going on? Why are these all up and up? It's getting weird. (laughs) Yes, it is. But Damon like throws out his rap. And then when he's done, he wants to hear the playback. And I'm like, oh, this is good. But after a couple lines, he starts hearing something weird. And Zeke is making adjustments to try to hear it a little more clear. Of course, Damon didn't hear it right off. No. But. Zeke being the recording guy, he is supposed to be able to hear like little changes that are not quite right. Yes. So after adjusting, they hear something, which I couldn't hear what it was right away because it was just kind of whispery. And then something else. It's finally like the final adjustment. You hear like a child saying, play with me, which I swear I had to rewatch that just moment a couple times because I couldn't quite hear it. Right. But the scream I heard. Yes. (laughs) Which, again, not quite explained because it makes you think something else. Right. Absolutely it does. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. What what happened happened? to this poor child? Was he murdered in the house? Did he murder somebody? Right. (laughs) Creepy kids. You never know. But later that night, Damon is telling Luke that he knows what screams sound like. And that was definitely a scream when Luke was trying to be like, oh, maybe it's just wiring. Bad (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi. Really? I don't think so. But Luke convinces Damon to give them a little more time to tune the acoustic. And that's when Susan brings out a big, okay, this is a distraction. Although I'm okay with the distraction myself. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I got really hungry. She brought out Mr. Mo himself, the barbecue chef from his hometown, to feed him. And I think that was, like, really impressed Damon and Zeke. And Tessa actually took a bit of a, huh, okay, maybe I won't be such of a jerk moment (laughs) right yeah she kind of gave susan a look like yeah you did your homework didn't you (laughs) right yeah i think she actually says like you've read the writer right yeah yeah i think she's one of the probably the only people you've ever dealt with that have read everything cover to cover right because she wants to make sure she gets paid (laughs) (laughs) that above prime mortgage you know she doesn't want to yeah (laughs) want to be stuck in a lurch We do get to see Phil meeting with Sister Yasmin, and she gives him the current file for the Cretonia house, which is really small. Yes, very. (laughs) And they kind of go back and forth with the pronunciation of it, the proper pronunciation of the Tuscany name, with Phil mentioning it's the home of St. Margaret of Cretonia, the patron saint of Unwed Mothers, and Yasmin adds, and of prostitutes. (laughs) 
well, here's a little dig to the church that Phil throws in. He's like, well, now you have exactly what the church's view is on Unwed Mothers from back then. Yep. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I don't think it's changed too much. Nope. But on top of that, we have Yasmin throw in, but don't forget about the good stuff. And Phil mentions, well, there isn't much of that going around. He's like, well, what about feeding the hungry and, and helping? And she's like, yeah, that's kind of goes with the whole church thing, though. Right. And following the teachings. And I love that when he says, if you're going to tell billions of people what to eat on Friday, you should kind of do this anyway. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is why I'm kind of lapsed Catholic. That's why I said a keister. It's like, yeah. But anyway, Yasmin does tell him, it's like, oh, yes, there's not much in that file, but that's because the archives are over there and kind of does a little head tilt. Right. <laughs> and you just see boxes and boxes of files. Yes, absolutely. It was like, holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah, it was really making me wonder what the heck is in there. Just happened to be in front of a painting of Jesus. Right. And he has been like, I'll leave you to it. And as Phil sits down to go through it, he starts talking to the painting of Jesus, which I'm very glad was not talking back. So that'd be a little Yes, weird. that would have been creepy. <laughs> but it was it was so interesting, like because it was a way to get his backstory right without it being like weird, I guess. Because he's starting to tell the the painting about an issue he had with a house that had abused children and that he had heard Mozart's Requiem playing in the church and went inside to listen and it just helped him feel better. It was like balm for the soul. Right. And this is what got me when he's like, I'm glad you didn't take that away from me. I was like, oh, that hurt. Yes, absolutely. Because, yes, the Catholic Church has... And much like some other churches, has not exactly been welcoming with the LGBTQ community. No, not at so, all. I think they're getting better. Yeah. But still, it was like Long hearing that, hearing that though, it's so hard. And you can see what Phil was carrying, I feel, through this whole episode, especially after that. Right. Because of what he found. And it's like, oh my God, this emotion is killing me. Yes. It brought back all his pain again. Yes, but before we dive too much further into that, we go back to the Cortonia house. Cort Cortonia. I keep saying it wrong. <laughs> Damon, Zeke, and Tessa, along with Susan, are sitting down at the dinner table, and Damon is talking about the army men that he was finding. And he thinks it was his uncle kind of putting this there, which obviously he believes in ghosts then, yep. because he had wanted him to join the military instead of doing music because he thought it was just a fleeting thing. Right. And Zeke mentions How much Tessa. money they made <laughs> so right. far. And Tessa's kind of smiling and Susan's like, okay, this is great. And then all of a sudden Tessa was like, oh, I have to take this and leaves. And I'm like, again, what does this mean? Who is she talking to? What's right. going I read way into some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the shows that we've been watching. And so Zeke and David are talking and then they tell Susan, it's like, oh, you might as well have a drink. You're paying for all this. And there was a hell of a lot of bottles of wine on that table. Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> I was trying to count it really quick. I'm like, I'm not pausing to count, but there was quite a few. Yeah. I'm saying probably close to a dozen. And I'm like, damn, there's only four people. That's a lot of wine. Yes, it is. <laughs> 
But it's funny you that know Zeke, it wasn't the cheap stuff, right? <laughs> and it's funny when Zeke has Susan drink, and he's like, "Oh, you and Tessa seem to be getting along now." She's like, "Oh yeah, she reminds me of myself." It's like, what? Well, I guess they're both focused. I don't know what perfectionists else. and yeah, demanding and of themselves and. And then you see like a pullback and you see the stairs and you see the slinky again going up the stairs. I'm like, okay, that's not how the song goes. No. (laughs) Like, oh God, don't let goo come somewhere. Yes. To be weird. (laughs) And Tessa was in the kitchen, I guess, talking. And when she hangs up, she ends up kicking in one of the little army men, picks it up and like tosses it. I don't know if it was in the trash, in the sink or whatever, but she was like mad. And then you see David, because apparently dinner's over, going upstairs and he passes the slinky that's going back down. And he thinks Zeke's messing with him. And he's like, I don't have time for this. I'm tired. Right. (laughs) He goes in his bedroom and sits on the bed. And I don't know if he heard it or seen it or both. Right. Because we hear the little boy say, play with me. And then he's seen like the reflection in the mirror because he flips around and he's like, what the heck? And there's nobody there. Right. And I'm like, this is getting creepy. I love this. (laughs) It would have been creepier if the little boy would have changed into something really spooky in the mirror. I'm glad he didn't. He didn't. No, because that would have made a definitely give us a whole different feel with this. Oh, yeah. Which, like I said, it had sad and a little creepy horror, but it made you like wonder what was happening, too. Yeah. Because of all the little things that they just really let just go like red herrings in there. It's like, damn it. (laughs) Scooby-Doo wouldn't have done that to me. But anyway... We go to Phil's house and you see Anthony walk in to find Phil in the living room. And he's like, hey, when did you get up? He's like, oh, I never really slept. And when Phil starts telling Anthony that this information that he found was just so much worse than what he thought it was, it's worse than just an orphanage. Yeah. And Anthony's like trying to find something comforting to say. But you see it in his face like he doesn't even know what to say right so it's like just let him vent and let him say what he needs to say and phil finally admits that he misses the church and its rituals and feeling like someone's in charge and again anthony's trying to find something and he's like you don't miss that you just miss what did he say you miss little lynn manuel miranda or something like that like that yeah (laughs) it's like trying to like tease him and I don't know what Phil said, but I'm like, don't you have a window to jump out of? I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) What the heck is happening? But I think Anthony knows like certain things are going to get to Phil and he just needs to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Let Phil work it out on his own and everything will be fine. Because we go back to the Cortonia house and Tessa wakes up and you see her kind of like flinch back because there's army men. And at first, all we see it on the dresser in the windowsill. Right. And I'm like, okay, creepy. Yeah. And then it gets creepier because she looks at the floor. And it's not just a few. (laughs) No. It is covered. Yes. (laughs) I'm just thinking, oh, my God, whoever had to do that. Oh, yes. (laughs) That had to take hours. Right, because then they'd have to wait to do a section for her to walk through. Unless, of course, it was all CGI, but I don't know. Yeah, it sure didn't I feel seem like, like that, it to me. I would say I feel like that's totally a practical effect, pain in the butt practical effect. Yeah. But it's like, that would suck being that guy. <laughs> Maybe they craned the actress that played Tessa in over <laughs> it to get her in the bed. 
And is Susan staying there? Because she was there bright and early in the kitchen talking to Zeke. She sure was. I'm not sure she'd ever left. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, weird. But she asks if the acoustic problem's been fixed. Or, I'm sorry, he asks that. And she's like, thumbs up. Yeah, it's great. Until Tessa comes down complaining about somebody's sixth sense of humor and all of the army men that she apparently was able to grab her iPad and take pictures of to show them all (laughs) over the floor. And I love it because Zeke's like, chill out. It's no big deal. It's probably our uncle. It's like, whoa, okay. (laughs) It's creeping me out. But he's like, Damon's getting work done. Don't worry about it. That's what you want, right? Right. Because you know she's like, yes, but no. Right. And we get to go back to the office to get the lowdown on what happened at the house. And Phil is telling everyone it was an orphanage that worked as more than just an orphanage. The mother would show up and their child would never end up seeing them again. It was only after... The girls in the family way had their family give a large donation to the church that they were able to stay there, have the child, and then go back to life like normal. Right. And pay again to have it adopted. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. And then at some point, Phil is just kind of like, I need a timeout because he asked Zoe to go through the pictures because they're trying to figure out the age of the child. Because most of the kids were adopted out really quick, but there was a few that were not. And then one that really stood out. And Luke figures out which kid it is because of the fire truck. Right. That he's had almost his entire life because you see him as a toddler with it. And as he gets older, you still see it with him. So, And they're trying to figure out basically what year he either got adopted or something worse happened. Right. Because he was suddenly no longer in the pictures after 1970. And even Zoe's like, I really hope he got adopted. Yes. Obviously, (laughs) if he's in this house, we know that he didn't get adopted. Right. If Luke can spot him, then that That should tell you the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, is this going to be, and I cannot remember the movie, where it was actually like a nun's child and things. Right. Oh, yeah. But we don't know yet, but we're back at the house. And Zeke and Damon are in the studio, and they're recording more tracks. And Damon's like, I need a quick break. I'm going to go outside. But before he does... Zeke had left and Damon is just kind of standing there like, all right, I need a breath. And he hears something and he tries to record it, but it stops. And then he starts talking. He's like, no, 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 stop now. Right. And I was like, "Uh oh, don't encourage it. (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, the house is going to eat you. But (laughs) Susan is upstairs with Zeke and Zeke says, yeah, there's no issue. So I I don't know what more you need to do. It's like, great. Sounds good, right? But is it? Yeah. Because back in the studio, things are going to get weird. Yep. Because the fire truck rolls out onto Damon's feet. And he picks it up and he starts writing in his book, which I'm assuming are his lyrics or thoughts on Right, lyrics. yeah. Just general thoughts that he will eventually turn into lyrics, more than likely. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is getting worse and worse. That's all <laughs> I kept thinking. Right. And we have Zeke upstairs with Susan again. They're talking. And he's like, well, can you explain to me what hard to sell is? Yeah. And I love how she, like, tap dances around that. Yes, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call, not telling him, because he'd been like, yeah, right. Although by the end, I think he would have been 100% on board. Oh, yeah. And then we hear Damon calling for Zeke, and I'm like, what is happening? Because he didn't just sound like, hey, Zeke, come down here. No. no. <laughs> yeah, it was... sounded to me like a little kid. Hmm, okay. You didn't get that? Because, okay, and I will tell you, as it started to go from here, I started thinking the kid was possessing Damon. Right. 
Okay. And I will explain as we go through. But because he was like, Zeke, 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 Zeke. Okay, why is he doing that? Right. And then Damon's telling Zeke, there's something going on with the house and it's special. And it's telling me stuff like, slow down. And that's when he decides to go for a drive. But he's also telling him about like, oh yeah, when I almost died and it was like the fire truck came and our uncle putting all these army men. And I'm like, this is getting really strange. Right. And then when we see Damon driving, he's almost like not even watching the road, which was freaking me out anyway. You're right. But then all of a sudden we see the hands, the little kid hands come and cover his eyes. And I was like, holy crap. Yes. (laughs) Oh, no. That would be horrible to have the the rap star die when being in one of Luke's houses. Oh, my gosh. Destroyed the entire agency. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it would. So I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe he's not possessed, but the kid is now moving with him. Right. Not great. Nope. And then we have Luke arrive and Tessa's yelling at him. Damon could have been killed. Well, okay, first of all, Luke had nothing to do with the car, okay? Right. (laughs) That's 100% not his deal. But Tessa wants Damon to go back to New York and Zeke's like, oh, no, we should stay here because he's getting work done and he's doing great. And then Luke all of a sudden pipes up with, yeah, but it might follow you. But it might not. Right. And this is where I was starting to think he was possessed because he was sitting on the counter, kind of like kicking his feet. I thought he was drinking chocolate milk. Right. Out of a, just a cup with a straw. And I'm like, is this the little kid? It just felt like it was very weird. And Damon didn't seem to want to go back. Right. And it didn't seem to take too much to convince him to stay in the house. And even when Luke's like, oh, it's trying to talk to you. And Susan's like, oh, maybe it's trying to help you because, you know, your album is unfinished business. So finish it. And I'm like, okay, that that might be a bit of a stretch, though. Right, Susan. (laughs) And of course, Tessa's like, oh, yeah, unfinished business. Well, we're going to finish this now because you're fired. And it's like, I don't think that's going to go over well. No. Because Luke's like, we're not fired until I say so. It's like, well, okay. (laughs) Luke's been through this too many times. Obviously. So Luke asked the group at the office, what do we know for sure? And they know that the kid reached out to Luke and he was nice to him. And it's probably been 50 years. I'm thinking, okay, 50 years. If the one guy was like bought it in 85, not 50 years, but I guess being lonely before that. Right. But well, I'm sure the had, old man never play, <laughs> played with oh, the kid. Oh, God, that's no. for sure. <laughs> he just seemed like big old curmudgeon. Yeah. And, uh, well, okay, what does a kid want? And they're talking, they're like friends and toys. And I honestly thought they were going to say his dad. Right. Because if he was there, he wouldn't have known who his dad was. True. But Luke's like, no, he just wants his mom. And again, a little sad moment because we know what's going on with Luke right now. Exactly. And you go, oh, no, this man, <laughs> this is not going to end well. No. And I'm telling you, they just messed with our heads this whole episode. Oh, absolutely. They did. <laughs> and we have Phil have to basically face his demons. And I know that sounds bad. Right. <laughs> because he has to, to go. <laughs> yes. He has to go back to talk to the nun. The I don't know. Mother Superior. Mary Ellen. Because he wanted to know what happened to the boy's mother. And we have to find her. I have to talk to her. And she finally spilled what actually happened right and i was surprised because when phil shows her the picture she just kind of looks and and she's like you can't fault our intention and phil was not having that but no. <laughs> i get it because i mean i don't get the money thing 
but there was a place for the girls to go. But I think she says, too, that not all of the women or did Phil say not all the women left either because a lot of them probably died in childbirth because they weren't exactly a hospital. It was really rough, though, watching it because you've seen Phil's face and you can actually see it on Sister Mary Ellen that she had that guilt there, too. Right. And I don't know if she wasn't there. I kind of feel like I understand her guilty for in general, like this happened, but like feeling the guilt that heavy unless I think she had to know the the kid. George, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Because I know when she tells them in a little bit that there was nobody there to play with them and he was no bother until he wanted to play or needed a hug. And well, the sisters weren't exactly equipped to deal with that. And then she's like, I, I can't remember exactly when, but the flu took him. I don't know, 1969 and Phil corrects her. Nope, it was 70. And when Mary Ellen asks exactly what do you want to know? Why do you need this? And he doesn't tell her because I don't know if she'd believe him. Right. But he just like, I need to find her. And that's when she spills that the mother is dead. She had wanted to come back. She really did want to come get him. Yep. She had gotten a job and was going to take her boy back, which I think would have been a big surprise back in that time. Oh, absolutely. It would have. I I say back in that time, like back in the day. (laughs) Well, it is 50 years ago, Sean. (laughs) But I mean, there wasn't really, yeah, like a whole lot of unwed mothers. And so just got through with the hippie era of the 60s. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I guess it depends on where they were they are exactly because it's been very vague because certain areas were still very uh i don't want to say straight laced but yeah the corn belt i guess more traditional bible belt maybe oh god (laughs) i'm apparently we're part of the bible belt up here but but it's just it was sad hearing this story about this woman and phil's like you know we owe him we owe all of them right i was like oh the pain yeah And back at the house, we have Damon back at the studio and he goes to grab his book. And I thought there was other writing in it. And I was like, oh, what's he going to see? Right. But instead, he grabs it. You hear, don't go. And then the door shut. And he sees little boy like on the other side of the glass. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh my God, what's going to happen? Right. And the door wouldn't open. And then I was really starting to freak out. Yeah. (laughs) And the other door closes. And you go, oh, no. (laughs) I'm like, don't burn him or anything. Because I I go to the worst possible place with this. Right. And uh, David's telling the little boy, you know, let him out. And the boy's like, play with me. And he starts banging his fire truck on the glass. And everything is rattling. The entire studio and the instruments are starting to get really weird. And and you see the the symbol or the high top, like spinning drums. Yeah, and that one got me. It's like, oh, no, if that comes flying off there spinning, it's just going to take his head off. Again, we are thinking the worst possible outcome. (laughs) Preparing ourselves just in case. (laughs) Because the drumsticks had flown and were like stuck into the wall. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Like, what does this mean? But Damon's dodging and and with everything happening, all of a sudden, I guess Zeke figured something out. I'm like, what exactly did he see or hear? Because I didn't think, was it the banging that got their attention? Yeah. 
and his screams. <laughs> See, and I would think that in a studio, because it's soundproofed, you wouldn't. Yes, have heard you wouldn't anything. have heard anything. That's why I thought that was weird. Yes, absolutely. Unless George was letting the sound out somehow. Right. But they run downstairs, of course. And what happens? You can't get in. Yep. Because George wants to play. And that's all that he cares about. But next thing we know, Luke arrives and Tess is outside and she's screaming. She's like, we can hear Damon screaming in the studio. And I don't know what to do. How many people does it take to break in? And there was a whole lot more people down there than our crew and the three of them. Oh, yeah. Like, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> but when Luke gets down there, he kind of backs everybody off. And very calmly, he just calls out to George. And just saying his name, like, everything calms down. Right. And Luke asks him to open up the door, and it unlocks, and he goes in. And at this point, I'm like, okay, Luke's going to go in. We know Damon has seen the kid. Right. And everybody you know is probably going to, like, rush in at some point. I don't yeah. know why they didn't. <laughs> Are they going to see the kid? That's what I kept thinking. Right. Or is it going to be Luke talking to himself, basically? Yes. <laughs> but Luke's like, I have some sad news to tell you about your mom. And he's like, she's not coming, buddy. And I need you to go to sleep now. And when you see a bright light, go to it because your mom will be there. And there'll be a bunch of kids all there ready to play with you. And he just looked so sad. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is killing me. Yes. Because Luke's crying. Yeah, he's tearing up bad. And you see, like, George put his head on Luke's shoulder and then the camera pan. And everybody in the room, I'm guessing at this point, sees the kid. I don't know. <laughs> because they all look think. super sad. Right. <laughs> I mean, the first person you see is Zoe and she's tearing up. Yes. Was not expecting that at no. all. No. <laughs> but you get the pan of everybody in the room and... Zeke is able to open the door to let Damon out. And then as it pans back, you just see Luke sitting next to the fire truck and the kid's gone. And I'm like, okay, just like knife to the heart. Yeah. And it's not over yet. <laughs> no, because you see Sister Mary Ellen, though, lighting a candle and you have a kind of a voiceover happening. Right. And it's still help. saying the next time he saw Yasmin, she told him that Sister Mary Ellen lit a candle for him that night and I, by him I think he met, she met George right as well as for all the other mothers and children that never made it out right and their mothers never came back and I'm like oh my god I was seriously like crying with this I didn't get to the ugly cry stage right but I was crying too, and I'm like, <laughs> too far away though <laughs> I know and had this last moment gone a different way right I think I would have been like three tissues in ugly crying <laughs> Yeah. Not bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't get there because we see Luke at Funland and he's bowling and his dad's like, oh, I'm glad we came here. We always had fun. And he's not really saying anything. And his dad's like, what's with you tonight? And Luke just like, it was a tough day. He's like being a pencil pusher, writing everything. Yeah. And he just like, that was the one thing I think that just flipped Luke's trigger all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he's like, why did mom leave? And what? 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 And he's like, I want to know, was it because of you or was it because of me or was it because of us? And his dad, like, is dodging the question. Yep. And Luke's getting frustrated. And he's like, I can't ever get the truth out of you. And he just, like, walks away and turns off the light. And you just see the shadow of his dad standing there. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. What does this mean? <laughs> because I'm like, what if he doesn't come back and talk to him? Yeah. I mean, 
I'm kind of worried that if his dad gives Luke all the information, then that is his unfinished business. Could be. And then his dad is gone. And maybe that's why his dad doesn't want to share the information. Right. Now, that I can completely buy. And but then Luke I will need cry some, some resolution, though. Come on. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. No, Give I get it. Add to find out oh. what happened with your mom or what? But oh, I think that might destroy him. Yeah, it might. <laughs> oh, I don't Both know. Both ways. Yeah, it might destroy him finding out exactly what happened, why his mom left, and then Luke having his dad leave because he got his unfinished business finished. And you'd, yeah, that'd be really tough on Luke right now. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> All right, Steve. This was another crazy episode. Loved it, it of sure course. Was. <laughs> Did we get any feedback about the insanity that we were just talking about? Oh, yes, we do. Jazz has provided us her thoughts on this episode, so let's take a listen. Hello, this is Jazz with a review on Surrealistic. I love this episode was actually directed by Melanie Scarfano, and she did an awesome job and posted a few pictures on Instagram and social media. And so it looks like they all had a great time doing the gig, and there was some probably bonding between Tim and Melanie, and it was a very good job. I love the fact that uh, Susan actually got to show off her chops and got the favorite chef to come in and cook a special meal for the hip-hop artist. Thought that was well played. And I love the fact that Zoe was actually smiling with Donut, beaming, which isn't a side we get to see for that often. So that was very cool. I thought the little green men were creepy as heck. And there was even a sniper who was pointing at you when you woke up. That would freak me out, especially if there were hundreds of them and had to step on them. They probably hurt less than Legos, but probably not a good thing. So yeah, they would give me the creep too. A whole bunch of fire trucks all over the place. And they just randomly show up and the little ghost spirit wants to play. and doesn't realize that he's gone. And uh, they haven't done an I See Dead People reference yet. So I wonder if that will make its way into the series or not. Because essentially, Luke really does. I thought for sure that we were going to get a car wreck when the little boy put his hands over the eyes of the hip hop artist. And I thought it was Father Phil's time to shine. Although it did tug at my heartstrings a lot. Especially both by the way that Luke got him to stop causing havoc by going to sleep. That was just tearful for everybody, including those who said they didn't believe. And also when he talked to his dad and his dad's like, you'd have to ask your mom. And he's like, I did. Then he walks off. And then the dad's like, hey, wait, wait. So that was just tugged at your heartstrings also. It was a, a well done episode. I was not aware of churches doing that, but it makes sense. And I could definitely see that that would be a way that they would justify that so that their coffers would remain flush so that they could help more people. Just still gives me the creep. But all in all, it was an excellent episode. Since it was a male episode, it definitely got you in the feels. Enjoyed Tim's performance. Actually, everybody's thoroughly liked it all. Thanks. Well, thank you, Jazz, for that wonderful feedback. I have to agree completely with the sniper thing because oh, yeah. that freaked <laughs> me out, too. And of course, I thought, oh, this girl's a goner because I've watched basically every other kind of horror-esque show i'm like she's done for right yeah and yeah i have to kind of agree that they don't quite hurt as bad as legos to step on but it's not too far <laughs> i can't say because no kids on this end and thankfully the nephews 
never had those things over at my place. So right, well, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, <laughs> I stepped on dog toys, so I mean that sucks, but yeah, not quite the same. But yeah, waking up and seeing just hundreds of them yeah. that would freak me out. So the catering thing, I think that's awesome. I wish somebody would come do that for me. Right. It's not too hard. They can go over to Panos, Big Boys, and Calumet City. Just bring me a couple super tacos. I really, I don't need much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Zoe did squee there, just kept it to herself. (laughs) But you could see it on her face with that big old smile she had. (laughs) Yeah, that cheesy smile. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know the churches do that and or did that. Of course, there's a lot of questionable things that... We don't know the Catholic Church has done. Very true. Or haven't done. So I am just going to say it's possible. I would tend uh, to agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm afraid that it's probably more probable than just possible. Right. Yeah, I think we both agreed that Melanie did a great job directing this episode. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. And it was great to see Phil go head to head with his past. I mean, that was awesome. (laughs) Especially his conversation with the painting of Jesus. That was just funny. Yeah. I love that. And uh, yeah, I think we had already said and completely agree about the tearful good night, basically, with the kid. Oh, my gosh. That was just hard. And seeing that everybody was able to see that then. Well, and and we still don't know who actually saw the kid. I mean, we're pretty sure Damon did. Well, we know the artist did. did. Yeah. Damon did. and And of course, Luke. Yeah. Now, why everybody came in, I, I guess to make sure Damon was all right, but I mean, Zoe's I don't know. crying. I'm guessing and... everybody has seen, seen this kit. Right. So even if they don't see it all the time, I think this one let everybody see him. Right. I kind of feel that way as well. Holy cow. Like, yeah. And then put a little salt in the wound with the truck there. It's like, oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Killing us. Yeah. And the conversation with Luke's dad was rough. He just wants to joke and Luke just wants some answers. That's so hard. Especially, well, ask your mom. It's like, well, I did. And that wasn't a happy note there. And I'm still hoping, you know, and I'm probably going to say this all the way through the end or whenever they reveal his mom again, because who knows what episode we might see her. I'm hoping that it really wasn't her or she was trying to push him away or something. Right. I'm going to die on that hill. I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with just you. just too that, hard. Yeah. I've known a few unsultry women in my time that even as bad as they were, they could not do that to their own child. So <laughs> just that is kind of almost unfathomable to me that a woman could do that to her own child. So. It's got to be something else. There's too many demons running around in that house. Yeah, too many creepy doctors there. So Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. Well, well Jazz, you're awesome, as always, for the feedback. Yes, you are. And we really yeah. appreciate it and looking forward to hearing from you again. Yes, Jazz. Keep them coming. And when, when you catch all the little Easter eggs that we miss, keep them coming. We want more. Well, you know how we feel. We want to know how you feel. <laughs> 
So shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help others, fans of the show, find us. Tell your friends about this show. I think if they liked Supernatural, if they liked anything a little bit spooky, they will totally like this. This is definitely something I am enjoying. I hope everybody else is. And we, of course, hope you're enjoying our podcast. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out www.fangirlzone.com, our website that is constantly in repair. But you can find our contact page there. And it's easy to find us to email us, Facebook us, tweet with us, and everywhere else that you want to be. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm Steve. Don't make it weird, okay? I'm not looking to get back together. I was just in the neighborhood. And until next time.